Hi there, my name is Angie McCarty, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Church of the Resurrection. And I'm Robert Johnson, location pastor here at, Leewood, at the Leewood location. Welcome to Resurrection <laughs> Stories, a podcast about hope, purpose, transformation, and service. Each week, you'll hear from a guest connected to Church of the Resurrection who is living out their faith in inspiring ways. Our hope is to expose our congregation and the Kansas City area to some of the amazing people who make up our church in a way that inspires you to live out your faith and make a positive impact in our community. As you listen to today's conversation, I invite you to share this podcast with others. You can do that by going to core.org slash stories. Now let's welcome our guest for today's episode. Our guest today is Becca Anderson, who serves in our IT department. I can't wait for you to hear her story. She may work in information technology, but she is a pastor at heart. She comes from a long line of servants for God, um, missionaries and pastors, so she really couldn't get away from pastoring, even in IT. She has uh, an amazing creative side, and her passion is connecting with God's people and sharing their love. So let's get started. Becca, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. We are so excited to have you here. Fun to be here. It's fun to see what you guys do in here. I know. It's a delight to have you. And although I've had a chance to get to hang out with you and David, which was so fun, and we, we, London and I are so grateful that you you guys did that with us, I want the folks out here to hear, just kind of learn more about you. So let's start with what you do at Resurrection. How long have you been here? And what do you like most about your job and about Resurrection? So here at Resurrection, I'm actually in the IT department. And I work on Rock, which is our church management um, <laughs> software. And that sounds super exciting and a little bit nerdy. Um, but it's how do we equip people to do what God's right. calling them to do right. and how we can give them tools to help them do what they're doing rather than them working for the tools. So I yeah. love doing that. Yeah. And you help staff members like me who call and say, Becca, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand this. Can you help? And your gentle spirit is so kind and so loving. And I think you have this gift for not making people feel stupid when we feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have like 20 years experience in ministry, in vocational ministry. So okay. a pastor for 15 years and okay. um, I have done just about every area of ministry except for um men's ministry and finance. I think I've led every other area of ministry. So I have something to relate to with people and how can I interpret that into IT? Wow. I'm so curious already. So take us back and start at the beginning and how did you get from there to here and ministry in between? Yeah. Um, so I, our family business for a few generations back on my side of the family, my dad's side of the family, we're all in ministry, no matter how hard you try not to. I have one first cousin that's not in vocational ministry, but everybody else, they're all pastors or in ministry of some sort. And all my uncles, my parents are both missionary kids. They met at the school that gave the full ride scholarships to the missionary kids in the denomination. And so they all came out as in pairs. So everybody... <laughs> I know you've never heard that before. I you love it. I love it. Pairs. Mm -hmm. But um, and so everybody, they're all. My, I have cousins in Texas, and New York, and Germany. I'm like all Alaska, everywhere. 
that are all doing ministry. So as much as we tried not to, mm -hmm. it's funny, like just apparently that is what we do. We ended up, up doing that. So, um, so growing up in a church family where grandpa was the associate pastor, um, wow. that, and my uncle George, mm -hmm. um, who, who's in the hospital right now, we're praying for, um, he was the, the director of the school that started the Christian school at the church we grew up in. And, so I couldn't get away with anything, um, get caught all the time. <laughs> anything you say or do at school. And the cousins all in the same area. We all ended up here in Grandview. And um, and I'd like to say that the pastors and things were the bigger influence in my life, but really a big, huge faith influence in my life were was my grandma. Like, people would go to Bible school and know all these things and they would do Bible studies and they would have that positional authority and knowledge. But my grandma just was a reflection of Jesus to me. Wow. Mm. She felt real. Wow. She also wow. was snarky. She probably was with Enneagram 8. Um, but she'd talk about the real things and I just felt like that was more of a reflection of, I want that relationship mm. with God. It wasn't that I saw her praying or doing, I just, she just, the way she loved others, it was, it was a reflection of God's image. And that was wow. a huge, huge wow. impact for me. And, you know, studies show kids that parents and grandparents are much, much higher influence in their faith development of kids than, yeah. but I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And so, so when I was really young, I think as a child, you just have that natural, um, easy, you don't over-engineer your relationship with God. You just, you're okay with your emotions and you hear the stories and, and because of the simplicity of the stories, you're not getting into original languages or anything. Mm -hmm. You, you get the meta narrative a little bit better. I think the whole big story of it's all about relationship and companionship from the beginning mm -hmm. in the garden to like the whole rescue story of Jesus coming to save us that we can be in relationship. That is just so much easier to grasp as a child. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I probably had a really close, no, I had a really close relationship with God and yeah. it was just a normal part of life because I had it modeled for right. me. Right. So there wasn't like a big moment where I made a change. But then I began to over-engineer like most people do. Yeah. <laughs> and say, well, I need to memorize this much scripture. I need to do these things and check these boxes. And so my my whole faith journey is about changes in prepositions. So prepositions really, really matter. So say more about that. Yeah. <laughs> so my my theory on faith development is you go from doing things without God. So without, you do things um under God, you do them for God. Like, how do you how do you view God? Is this somebody that I'm in fear of um, to avoid? Um, do I do this for God because He needs us to do His mission and His work? And I can learn all about God and be a Bible nerd and think all these things, or be like a um, a groupie, a Bible groupie that I'm just super excited about all the things about God and His church and all the activities and things. But the whole point is about that relationship. And so to be able to go that whole journey of my life, even in ministry, doing things for God or trying to please God, I have this responsibility, I better do it right. I'm going to fumble all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's about relationship, you use those shared experiences, your values start to shape. You have shared experiences like having dinner mm -hmm. 
and with people and and you get to grow in your relationship. You get to do those things together, and that's what it's about. It's doing it with God. Not that God needs us to do it for Him. He wants to do it with us because He loves loving us. And He wants to be with us as we do mission together. He could do mission on His own. He could make it happen. He is very powerful. But it's all about restoring that relationship. So in the last 10 years, did I really get the shift from four, which is really stressful Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of things Mm -hmm. and people and you can mess things up and Mm -hmm. that's a lot of responsibility. But to be able to shift to doing it with God, then it's fun. And then what I see in my grandma makes sense. Wow. Like she just does it with, she doesn't go quote scripture at somebody or whatever. And she has opinions and thoughts on things. And and I can do that too. And that's a reflection of God's image. That I see in her, and then I can see God's re- image yeah. reflected in you and yeah. other folks. Yeah. That, um, and it, because I like to spend time with God, and I'm learning more and more, and, and liking the same things, I'm really attracted to the Jesus I see in people, whether they know I have a life with Jesus or not. Yeah, you can just see like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, that is a reflection of God's image in them. Yeah. That is amazing. That's maybe something I don't have. So. It's, wow. it's been more of a fun thing, and so I can step into roles that I never dreamt. Um, and like the one I'm in now, where I went from pastoring to, <laughs> to, to, tech, to IT, to, IT yeah. to church management. And I was approached to look at that job. I didn't ask. I, it was two interviews before I even applied <laughs> for the job because <laughs> I kept saying, I'm not qualified for this position. Haven't done IT in years and years and years. And... Uh, but just to feel like, no, this is that standing, putting all those things, you want to do this with me. God cares so much about what Resurrection's doing in this community, about building that Christian community, and what can we do with those tools to help see what's working and what's not, how could we make it smoother, where fe- people feel connected. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a big, massive church. It, it really, doesn't. how do we, how can mm-hmm. we use the tools to really make it about relationships and companion companionship that's it's that's all what it's about this companionship so i'm passionate about that i think it's absolutely amazing that we have a pastor doing it doing doing it yeah Yeah. that just brings a completely different uh foundation to what you're doing Mm -hmm. that it's not data management it's people loving and care yeah and so i would imagine that everything you do in your life, well, maybe not everything, but the majority of what you do is ministry it, with people. Whether it, it's it's in IT and my job or just lunch mm-hmm. out or or wherever to just look like, well, okay, what is, what, what's God up to here in the lives of the people I interact with? But mm-hmm. all, a lot with staff, because I think sometimes mm-hmm. people forget grace doesn't stop with a paycheck, you know, like mm-hmm. when we're here and we're working with God, like that... A lot of people want to try to separate Christian community, but this is the example of we're asking people every day to live in Christian community and their work, and we need to do the same too. And it doesn't mean we have it perfect. The best part is when we don't have it perfect and the way you um, have grace for each other Mm -hmm. and to say, hey, when that happened, that Mm -hmm. hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe you're frustrated. And so this is how can I help you like, work through that frustration mm-hmm. so that we have a better relationship. Mm-hmm. And so 
trying to work through that and so that we can still live and be that example of Christian community, we, we have to lead it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to lead by example yeah. to be able to yeah. give it to our other people. So we need to do that with each other on staff, which this yeah. staff has been amazing. Staff Love it. Amazing. Well, let's talk about the staff because your husband, David, is also <laughs> on staff. Yes. So tell us what it's like to be on staff with your husband. Yeah. Like if you get into an yeah. argument before you come to work, do you still ride in the same car together? <laughs> He's a great guy, but... You know, and it's so funny. That's part of just knowing that whole... Um, that's helped me see those shared experiences, how you grow closer. So we've worked together on the same church staff for 15 years. Okay. And both as pastors. That, yes. As pastors. yes. And wow. at our previous position, we were both executive pastors. So wow. I had the, the pastoral staff um, reported up through me, some of the, the more technical and, and business-related um, stuff. And he was the backup pastor reported to him. We kind of had a division of labor and leadership um, and leadership development, which is one of the things I love. Um and, but working together, like you've never, I've, you, you just don't separate your life. It is, it is a life mm-hmm. commitment thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been married for 32 years and, um, we're almost 32 at math, but, um, and <laughs> you, we've got to experience even before we were in vocational ministry, like we worked at home, our cards together when we did manual labor before you think it's super fancy. We did manual labor, filled the box, <laughs> tape it shut, pushed on the conveyor belt. It supported him while he was in a rock band and paid all those bills so he could travel. We um, need to get David on this. Yes, yes, you do. You yeah. gotta and you gotta do some of the hair. You gotta search some for the images on you know on the internet of all the hair. Yeah. So we both had hair down to here when we got married. Wow. How long have you all been married? Thirty-two years. Yeah. Wow. Thirty-two wow. years. So. This September, I think. So we've got to have David on and then bring the two of you all back together uh-huh. and do a special session just talking about your marriage and yeah. that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just learning. I mean, like, we had talked about eight and one and your husband at eight. You're an eight and your husband on one Enneagram, well. On the Enneagram. On the Enneagram. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just to clarify those. those and it's it's not a, a whole thing. But there are things when you have personalities that live together that you work through. And um, again, through all the conflict resolution training and mediation. I went through mediation certification. So being able to help and also some marriage, pastoral counseling, marriage counseling. Um, Working through that, you just learn so much about yourself. So that always helps your own family as well. (laughs) Emotional intelligence, all of those things. So it works pretty well. It doesn't, we don't tend to divide. We like to step into those disagreements a little bit and and then just say, okay, well, then I'm going to make these decisions regarding myself, and um, and then you can make it for it. But when we were working on a smaller staff, it was a lot of overlap. It was the decisions were impacted together. So we don't bicker a whole lot, but I, I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So one other thing that I know about Becca mm-hmm. is that everything she wears that is knitted, <laughs> she's done that. Yeah. And I as have an it. anti-crafter, no. you <laughs> I have a yarn yes. problem. <laughs> what a, it's amazing. What a, what a great problem to have. Right. Though, right? Yeah. right. Yeah. It is relaxing. So it is definitely my this? reminder. I try to actually, and not to over-spiritualize things, but I do, I like the tactile thing, and it just... My spiritual director had pointed out that when you take that time to knit, it's my reset. It's a time where I recognize uh, that God is with me. And so wow. um, from some spiritual practice of just bringing that up. So whenever I'm stressed or whatever, what if I just put my hands on 
and just feel that and remember this is God with me, not just when it's suffering mm-hmm. and not just when it's super great, but always with me and recognizing that. And so um, just to help relax me. So yes. knowing that I have socks on my feet that um, when I need to, I don't think about it all the time, but sometimes it pops up to mind and it's like, yes, I am. He's with me and wherever I am is holy ground and it's God's mission of what he's doing there. So it's just, it's so fun when those little things pop up. You should do a workshop to help people find that thing for, uh, for themselves. Like what's the thing that makes the first and third Saturday of every month at Overland Park, uh, Resurrection Overland Park at nine to 11, we knit for different charities and organizations, partner schools, um, and everything we knit is for. And that is how I checked out Resurrection, to know if wow. this was the church for us. Because wow. if you can go to a knitting circle of older ladies and here, like when I'm looking for my, I'm looking for people like my grandma. Yeah. And people <gasps> like my grandma were there wow. who exhibited God's love. At it, and they could say what the vision of the church was. Wow. And so that was months before we came on staff here. Wow. And it's been almost a year that I've been on staff. So that's, yeah, they were the reason if they... If it was snarky or not doing well or whatever, you would know. Like, I hear the vision from the staff, but does it trickle through mm-hmm. to the knitting circle? And, 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 it, and it does. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. You and Angie mentioned, is this a stat that actually grandparents have more yes. influence on? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's an 80% more. Um, so it, it, it talk about the influence of parents on kids, and I can't remember what year the study was, but... Um, the number one faith influence is mom, um, of asking teens who have considered themselves to have a strong faith, faith. Number one is mom. Number two is dad. I think grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, cousins, pastor, I think was number seven and youth pastor Mm -hmm. was, I think 16 on the list. Wow. So it was much less. Yes. A youth, youth pastor or youth director is really important because you help you navigate different things. Right. But they've been hearing God's voice with different accents mm-hmm. from those people who have the biggest influence in their lives to spend the most time, and that just layers on. And so they already have that faith development. So whatever faith that parent has does catch and pass on to your kids, and it's kind of their default curriculum, which that's is so what, hopeful. That's, that's because if you right. go off and you try to over-engineer for however many years and you deconstruct your faith, you still have that great faith influence of those young years and how important that is. Your yeah. story, you started with grandmother, and you, you're, and she, Angie asked you to bring us to now, mm-hmm. and you say you said that in the last four years I've come into the fullness of who I am, and I'm my grandma. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's where it started, yeah. and that's that's as I come into what I believe, what you believe is the maturity of who you are, is that I've become my grandmother. Yeah. That's not beautiful. perfect, not done, right. but just joining God in what He's right. doing and, and enjoying little, that relationship. Right. A little bit of snark. Always. Becca, thank you so much for being here, for your openness and honesty and sharing the pieces of you that really matter. So grateful. So fun to be here. You guys are thanks. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for listening to this podcast. We're very excited that you found us. Perhaps you will consider sharing our podcast with friends. You can direct people to core.org slash stories. We hope that today has been an inspiration to you as we all try to figure out how to look more like Jesus and his love.